Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to this special audio highlights podcast from West Coast Live. For more information about our shows and other guests and podcasts, wcl.org. There's a saying that I came across in my next guest book that when you go out to take a sun bath, you wake up and it's middle-aged. When you go out and take a sun bath in California, you wake up and you're middle-aged. In California, <laughs> if, you go out, if you go out to take a sun bath, you wake up middle-aged. That was uh, Ludwig Bemelman said that. And the voice you hear is that of author Bill Berich, who's written for The New Yorker uh, many times. He uh, has a book about the Golden Gate Fields race course called Laughing in the Hills and collections of essays and stories that include a lot of wonderful descriptions of trout fishing throughout the West. His current book is called Big Dreams, Into the Heart of California. It's 539 pages that tries, as I realize as I read it, capture what this state is, whether it's a state of mind, um, whether it's an arbitrary description of boundaries, describes things from uh, Hollywood to the Hmong population of Fresno that hopes to build a Buddhist temple, to the uh, fishermen of uh, Crescent City, just tries to capture the sense of the state. And I realized in reading it that if any one of you took your own trip throughout California, and stopped and talked with people in small towns in the by road, you could create your own book that would be totally different, but just as accurate description of the state of California. Well, I think that's true. This is a totally subjective book. Um, who wants to read anything definitive? You know? <laughs> um, and California is... I like a, reading the dictionary from time to time. <laughs> well, the dictionary will do, yeah. Um, um, I mean, California is such a, an amazing and immense phenomenon that... Uh, as I say in the book, all you can really do is ride it like a surfer, Sedge, <laughs> on his wave. Um, it's interesting. I was watching the, um, probably with, with everybody else, the Simpson trial yesterday. And once again, it's a case of California being thrust you know, into the, the face of the rest of America. And once again, we're getting, you get always, when I say California, it's really Los Angeles, which is what we're usually measured by, not by Bakersfield or, or Oildale or a, a logging town in the far north. Um, but it's interesting to watch that and, and, and see, after doing the book, I, I, I wondered a lot about what people are thinking when they're sitting in Peoria and, and what they're thinking, some of them anyway, are, gee, you know, I'm going to save my money and quit my job and move to California, get a job in a cool restaurant grow a ponytail, buy a tie that costs $75, <laughs> you know? Well, there are the elderly couple in, in Cleveland are looking at these people and they're not sure, is this the soap opera? I mean, they look just like the people on the soap opera. You know, I don't want to go out there. So there's a confusion, and television is clearly part of that. I mean, you as a, as a lad grew up in, in Brooklyn and, and were enticed by the images of, of uh, California. Um, Long Island, actually. But my favorite baseball team was the Brooklyn Dodgers. And uh, I remember to begin, begin the book by saying that there came this day when a, a boy on my block stopped me after school and said, the Dodgers are definitely moving to Los Angeles. And, I, you know, I, I felt betrayed. I thought, you know, it's a, to think this was not all that long ago. I'm not that old. But um, in, in the 50s, California, if you grew up in the East, really was like this mystical land, you know. Uh, we knew movies were made there. Um, but that was about it, you know. And ironically, it has now become a land so populated that people are leaving it, that recession has hit parts of it. People have found it too busy, too crowded. There's not the jobs, and they're taking off for other parts of the country. 
that's always been the case. I mean, that's the gold rush. You know, I mean, people come out, they, they, someone is always making a million dollars in California. You know, there's a wonderful story that from the gold rush about a farmer who, who was bringing his produce to a foothill town. Um, and the circus happened to be there, and he, he rode by in his cart with his team of horses, and the horses spooked, and all the produce spilled, and it was trampled, and uh, yet the farmer seemed curiously happy. Uh, and, and people kept asking him, you know, why are you, you lost everything, I mean, why are you so happy? He said, at least I saw the elephant. <laughs> <laughs> And that's still the case, you know. You got to take a look at the elephant, you know. I mean, I mean, this is a Puritan country, you know. That streak runs really deeply, and there's a great deal of fear out there that's generated toward California. You know, if I go there, what will happen? It's like the uh, English, you know, and, and Italy. If you go to Italy, you, you could fall in love, you know. I mean, does <laughs> <laughs> that happen to you? In, in Italy, yes. <laughs> but see, I'm all for that, you know. I mean, that's. Uh, um, you know, there's this, this crazy thing that happens, too, if you come out here. I mean, you really are slowly seduced, and really the occasion for, for setting out on this journey and this meditation was waking up to the fact that I could no longer pretend that I wasn't a Californian. You know, I had been here 20 years. And, and you notice that when you go home, which you do more frequently, you know, in, in the early stages of your transformation, you know, people regard you rather, rather funny. You know, they say, what do you mean you don't want a steak for dinner, you know? Uh, um, <laughs> You feel better when you don't eat steak every day? You know? <laughs> well, of course, and that's also a reputation that, uh, that we sort of laugh at ourselves about. You know? uh, I just got back from a trip to Alaska, and when people heard that we were from San Francisco, albeit that they were Washingtonians working in an Alaskan logging camp, they referred to us as the granola eaters. That's right. you know, much as if we were a foreign tribe, you know, the lotus eaters or something. Uh, and also in talking with people in Alaska, where the West... The West anywhere has been always sort of a measure of a frontier of last resort. People in Alaska had to say, yes, we moved here from Minnesota. The winters are much milder here. <laughs> I moved here with my, uh, with my boyfriend or my husband. He didn't like it. I stayed. I've remarried. You know, people have, uh, you know, make these choices when they, they make these fast moves. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's true. Um, uh, what's interesting here right now is that... Um, uh, in some respects, we're waking up from the, the 19th century when you look at all the traditional industries that have sustained people, like logging and fishing, um, even cattle ranching. Um, great tracts of the West, and not only in California, are suddenly going to be freed up for some sort of use uh, that no one can quite define yet. But I suspect, you know, that once again we'll have a gold rush, uh, particularly in those portions of the state that uh, are now tapped out. Bill Berich, the author of Big Dreams into the Heart of California, has found a brief section to read from, from this account. I'm interested to, to part of your, uh, one of your chapter headings is Belly of the Beast. Yes, that's right. That's um, Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> and there's a nice epigraph there that I, I, I found. I, se I sent a copy of this to David Geffen because I said... You the know, big Hollywood producer who's made millions. In, who started in the mailroom, you know? I mean, um, you know, I said, you've conquered every world there is, but you, you probably have never been an epigraph before. And he said, I, I couldn't wait to be old enough to move to California. I want it to be where the movies are made, in that land of sunshine and Gidget and surfboards and convertibles and green lawns and beautiful houses. <laughs> and, uh, but that isn't the case for uh, everyone who moves here by any means. Well, no, I usually read another epigraph w which tells the other side of the story. This is from a Romanian uh, philosopher, uh, Yam Choran, who said, rightly, in every age, 
it is assumed we are witnessing the disappearance of the last traces of the earthly paradise. <laughs> what is the uh, the section here? I mean, there's there's so much. There's the there's the guy in uh, Button Willow who wants to run you out of town because when you say you're a writer, he says, "Where's your business card?" And he thinks you're faking it. That's right. And all I have is a, a card from a. Uh, a Vietnamese woman who was a color consultant, and I, I, I thought for a moment, can I, can I pull this off? <laughs> the, uh, there are descriptions of the Hmong of, of Fresno who, uh, who dress up in a variety of, of clothes to go to a court hearing in order to get permission to build a Buddhist pagoda right in the middle of the San Joaquin Valley. Uh, the Japanese who come and want to build a plant outside of Fresno because in Japan, Fresno means great cotton. Exactly, just like you know, John Wayne meets great, great movies. I'll read a little bit of the, the Fresno section here. Um, the Central Valley was amazing to me. I had never spent any time there. Um, uh, only about half the land in Fresno County was planted to farms now, I found, but the taste and scent of farms was everywhere. The life of the town was farm life. It dawdled along at an unhurried clip, minding its own affairs. Although the population topped 300,000, most streets were rolled up after dark. There were lots of churches. Religion was in the city's blood. Newsboys rode by on bicycles delivering papers as bells tolled at dusk. On porches and verandas, old people sat in chairs drinking iced tea and fanning themselves against the evening heat. There was no denying that Fresno was a regular inferno. In May, the daily maximum temperature was 82.5. It hit 91.2 in June and 98.7 in July. August brought scant relief with its daily maximum of 96.7. Here was a city of short-sleeved shirts, of shorts and sandals and long-billed caps, a city where everything seemed to be in a constant process of ripening, where the splash of swimmers in pools and in lakes could be heard from early spring until the late fall. Fresno still harbored many races. It was about 25% Hispanic and 10% black. Its Asian, its Asian community was rapidly expanding. One lunch hour, I saw two Nigerians turned out in regal tribal roads, robes and little embroidered hats. They were standing by a Mexican restaurant, getting into an orange pinto. And did you enjoy your burrito, my friend? Says the, asked the first Nigerian. Ewo, the other exclaimed, snapping his fingers. It was wonderful. I liked the early morning in Fresno, that hazy cocoon of warmth before the heat got really intense. I came awake in stages, gingerly, taking my time. Nothing to push against, no obstacles, nowhere to rush to or from. Outside my motel, there was always a smell of lawns being mowed, a chore best done while the sun was still gathering its energy. Teenage kids scooted past on skateboards, doing spins and pirouettes, tap dancing, screeching up the sidewalk ramps for the handicapped and celebrating their summer vacation. Almost everybody in Fresno owned a house, the motel clerk, the fireman, the mailman, almost everybody. I stopped at Trend Homes one morning, a three-year-old subdivision that was nearly sold out. There were six Trend models available, all for under $100,000. The models were called Boca Raton, Charleston, Providence, Santa Fe, Coronado, Crestwood, and Manhattan. <laughs> How many notebooks did you keep during this, uh, what was it, four or five years you were working on this? Uh, six, six months actually traveling. Um, yeah, about four years. Uh, four big notebooks and a whole lot of small ones. <laughs> did you ever feel at danger in any time traveling around the state? 
No. I was struck by the enthusiasm of people in the far north for the installation of a maximum security prison next to the local school. Well, that was quite extraordinary. I mean, I knew nothing about penology or, or, or the prison system in California, being a, a virtuous sort of person who, had, you know, never does anything wrong. Um, but I discovered that um, we're building more prisons than anywhere else in the world, more prisons than Iran or Iraq or Somalia. Or, I mean, you know, there's just, uh, it's become a growth industry. Um, uh, and we're, you know, since we don't really have very many functional public schools, you know, we have underpaid teachers and, uh, you know, defunct um, equipment and, um, um, you know, we never vote for the school bonds. I mean, so it's the, the, the route from, from school to prison is getting shorter, you know. Uh, so it's a form of high school. I, th I think, you know, eventually it'll be like do not pass go, you know, I mean, you just, you know, you turn 13 and go directly to jail. But this community welcomed the, uh, the jail because it had an annual payroll of $42 million that would help the impoverished community. That's right. The other, the other wrinkle is that when you have a prison in your town, all the prisoners go on the town rolls. So your population jumps, let's say, from 4,000 to 8,000, which makes you eligible for all kinds of grants and funding that you could not otherwise get. Maybe you could even get an extra congressman. I, I think you could. <laughs> the other thing is, and every prison is oversubscribed before it's built. I mean, they will build for 3,500 and you will have 4,200 inmates, you know, the day you open. People are dying to get in, I, I guess. <laughs> Or somebody, uh, somebody a real estate firm has figured out a good condo deal. I don't know what. Bill Berridge, author of Big Dreams, Into the Heart of California, published by Pantheon. Thank you very much for coming in West Coast Live. Thanks for having me. Bill Berridge. His other books include Traveling Life and Laughing in the Hills. This is Edge Thompson. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Try out others from West Coast Live right here, and we look forward to having you in one of our audiences one day. For more information, wcl.org.